Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, City Life. What's up, beautiful people? Memorial weekend, tomorrow Memorial Day. What a great time to remember and honor those who fought and gave their lives for our freedom nationally. We also honor those that have served or are serving in the armed forces to protect our freedom. I don't begin to understand all of the ramifications of war, but what I can do and do understand is the principle of honor and saying thank you. So when I see a soldier anywhere and they're dressed in their gear, I say thank you for serving our country. Now as we then think of how does that apply to us as Jesus followers? Well, we get to today remember and honor Jesus who bought our freedom eternally. That's a powerful, powerful thing to think about. In 2 Timothy 2 verses 8, it says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel. Throughout the scriptures, you'll see us compared to sheep. We're prone to wander and be led astray. We got to be reminded. Similar to if you have like a Google calendar and it pops up the reminder, you have an event coming up, otherwise you will leave someone no call, no show, or you won't keep a track of what's important in front of you. And then you could also jump into the calendar and look back at what you've done. We're thinking about today, what has Jesus done for us? What do we need to be reminded of so we can stay on track? Because whom the sun set free is free indeed. Jesus bought our freedom eternally. His followers, they gave their lives up too. Think of John the Baptist was beheaded to get the good news to me and you today. Stephen was stoned. Some of the disciples were crucified. Church history says that Peter was crucified, but he did not want to die the same death of his Lord. He wasn't deserving or fitting, he felt, so he said, crucify me upside down, some record. And that is powerful. The worship team, they've been leading us and they do such a phenomenal job exalting Jesus and just cultivating the presence of God and getting us in tune. But today, we're gonna also hear from them on the mic as they testify how Jesus reached them, what he's doing in them, uh, so that we can remember our freedom and be encouraged by our brothers and sisters today because there's a great battle. And if we go all the way to the ending in the book of Revelation in chapter 12, there is a passage about the battle between Satan and God and, and how Satan is accusing the followers of Jesus day and night saying, did Jesus really set you free? Is he with you? Are you forgiven of your sin? He's always accusing us, that that voice of condemnation. But here's how we overcome and conquer him. Verse 11, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they love not their lives even unto death. We are children of God who have been set free and we're testifying that we've been saved by the blood of the lamb and we're witnesses to that. Can't wait to see you guys next weekend. Hope you get to enjoy hearing from and being encouraged by some of the worship team this morning.
morning, guys. I'm Christy. I was just singing a second ago, remember? Um, just like Jerome said in that video, we're going to share a little bit, the worship team, and just that scripture um, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's so true. And Jesus has done his part. He came, died, was crucified, and then buried, and then rose again. So we have the blood of the Lamb, He, be, Jesus being the Lamb that was sacrificed for our sins so that we could have eternal life. And here we are, and now it's time for us to do our part and just share a little bit of how God has just been so awesome in our own lives. Um, so my name's Christy, like I said. I have two beautiful kids, and my story is just a little bit about how I got to city life. There was a time where I was going, me and my husband were separated, and he was in Florida, and I was in Lansing, and I was like, we're gonna try this again, and so we tried to work things out, which um, I ended up moving to Florida, and just during our, our marriage, we had really religious experiences in the church of how, well, if you didn't worship like this, then it wasn't really worship. Or if you didn't sing like this or lift your hands like this, then it wasn't worship and it wasn't, you weren't praising God authentically. And for me, when I did do it the way that they wanted me to, that wasn't authentic to me. And so just in that, left a bad taste in my mouth as, as far as church and I, me and my husband at the time were like, oh, we're just going to walk away from this. Like, we love Jesus. How many times you heard that? I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. And it's like, well, that's not a good thing. Totally understand and empathize with feeling that way. But that's where I was at the time. I just wasn't, I didn't want to go to church. I just felt like the church was me and my friends sitting in my living room, and that was enough for me. And so being in Florida, still struggling in my marriage, that was very abusive. Um, in all kinds of ways and just being in a place of depression and anxiety and what is this and really having this true cry out for God and so I ended up going to a church there and it was a large church but the the they had like different campuses and so I went to a certain campus and they had a screen kind of like this one and there was a pastor that spoke and he was speaking on the church and how the church is God's bride and how what the church was originally intended to be, how it started off and the purpose of the church. And just hearing that, and it just did something to my heart to where I was like, I wanna be in community. Like I do believe and I trust God and clearly he created the church. That was his creation and it, it was for people that were called out and for people to go and share the good news and not just that, but be the hands and feet of God here on earth as he works through us, right? Because it would be super weird if Jesus just came down and did everything all the time. Like, be like, oh my gosh, like freaking out. Like, what is this happening? Who are you? And so God has placed us here and he's given us dominion and authority to do his work here. And so I was like, man, that sounded really good. So when I did move back to Michigan, I was going through a divorce and I really wanted to be in a church and so I was living with friends at the time in their basement and I was going to their church but I was working in Lansing and I just had this heart for inner city schools because I went to school in the suburbs and then the inner city and I just wanted to be that voice um, that told kids like you can do this and that you can overcome the odds that you may face so I said to my friend like I like this church a lot loved it but why aren't they helping kids in Lansing why are they always helping kids in Holt like what about the kids in Lansing and so they had told me that Oh, well, we have a friend that just planted a church in Lansing. His name's Jerome. And I heard Jerome. And again, remember, I had hurt. I had church hurt. I had a lot of different religious uh, experience that I wasn't in favor of. And unfortunately, 
they all had like the same culture, like the African-American culture church. And so I, that was just my one story, you know, not to knock it, but it was just wasn't my style at the time. And so um, I heard the name Jerome and I was like, psych, I ain't going there because I thought Jerome was black. <laughs> and so I gave, and then this same name came up uh, two months later. One of my friends invited me to a music class and I was there and these two beautiful women walked in and I was like, dang, they look like the Kardashians. And it was Crystal and Tina. So Crystal sat next to me and I just felt this connection that I, the only person I had felt that way about was the man that I had married. And, and I was like, this is so weird. Like I got like a mom crush, but I can't ask for her number cause that would be super weird. Like I'm not, I just want to be your friend. Like, and so then, so we ended up um, talking and she was, I was pregnant with Jace at the time. And she had said, um, when are you due? And I said, oh, April 19th. And she said, oh, my friend Tina's due April 19th. And I was like, oh, that's weird. She's like, well, what are you having? And I was like, I'm having a boy. She's like, oh, my friend Tina's having a boy. So I felt so connected to them, but we went our separate ways when the class was over. And I was getting in my car, putting my daughter Shiloh in, and Crystal walks up to me with an Easter flyer, and she goes, we're all about the city. We just planted a church. My husband um, is the pastor. And I go, who's your husband? She's like, Jerome. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you know these people? And they're like, yeah, we do. And so that's how I came to be here, which is so amazing, because going through a divorce, going through from a place where I thought I was this perfect human and divorced, just seemed like the total opposite of everything that I was um, and really feeling that sense of just low depression and again anxiety and how am I going to live how will I ever be happy again this makes no sense like I can't I don't even know what life is anymore um, and having this community that has literally helped with God of course just bring me out of these different places and giving me community and everywhere I turn people are helping me and I just never, I just never in a million years thought I'd be here. I never, I just didn't think that this was possible for me to even be loving life the way that I am. And so that's my story. I love City Life because of the mission and, and how they serve people. And, and that's my heartbeat and that's the Lord's heartbeat. And that's just what God has done in my life so far. And thanks for letting me share. How you guys doing today? You good? Good, good. Y'all look good. Y'all look good. Um, so my name is Torian. Um, many of you guys know me. Um, a few of you know my story. I'm going to share a little bit. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, always had everything, both parents. Everything was, you know, great. Um, I had an older brother, different mom. Um, and obviously, as a younger brother, you look up to your older brother. So for me, that was just kind of like my natural inclining is just to look up to my brother. I mean, he was good at basketball, baseball, football, smart dude, you know, 4.0, like this guy had it going on. And so, you know, I would have never imagined like, you know, somebody like him would end up getting kicked out of high school and where that would lead him, but that's what happened. And so he ends up getting kicked out of school. Uh, life just kind of goes uh, 180. Now he's just going down a wrong road, which leads him to dealing drugs. And out of that, he ends up getting killed in front of his house uh, the day before the 4th of July. And so for me, you know, I'm 11. and. 21 at the time. For me, I'm like, how do I process somebody this close that I've looked up to for my whole life? How do I process somebody like that getting their life snatched just like that? Um, and I couldn't help but place myself in his shoes. You know, I couldn't help but say, well, if that could happen to him, what if that happens to me? What if I grow up and make the same mistakes and now I'm, you know, in the scenario? And so for me, for the longest time, I struggled as an 11, 12 year old, you know, trying to, you know, reconcile this in my head and then also being that I grew up in a Christian home well okay God if you're good like how could this happen and so for me 
there was a there, there was a, a few months of just struggling uh, with depression where I just didn't know what to do. I didn't want to like kill myself, but I definitely didn't know if life was worth living, if this could happen. And so over the course of those next few months, God ends up really just kind of shaping my heart. Um, he reaches out to me in such a mighty way. I ended up giving my, my life to Jesus that, uh, that next February, uh, just out of my heart of just wanting to like know God and wanting what he had but not knowing that his peace and his deliverance was real. So like push forward a few years later, I'm in high school and I'm, write, I'm writing this paper and um, it's for Spanish class. Um, and they're, they're basically asking you to write, you know, a story about a person that's died in your family. Now, how many of y'all have ever written the first draft in ink? You're crazy if you have. And, and if you've made a mistake, I, I would understand. Now, now, this teacher wanted us to write this first draft with no mistakes in pen. And I'm like, yo, you're crazy. Why are you doing this to me? So I'm sitting down, I'm writing this paper. I mess up, I'm like, all right, it happens, whatever. I'm writing the next, you know, start over, mess up again, start over again. After the third time, I'm like, I'm frustrated, I'm emotional, I'm crying, I'm like, God, I don't wanna do this. I'm thinking about my brother, now I'm crying about him. And then I stop for a second, I'm like, hold on, I haven't cried about this in like three years. And I had realized in that moment that God had completely removed that depression um, and it's so crazy because out of that moment, you know, I just started discovering more of my purpose, started to discover my love for music, wanting to rap and make beats and whatnot. Uh, a few years later, I ended up meeting a guy named Jerome at a concert. And uh, it was crazy because I was just there to help. I wasn't there to see him. I was there to see this guy named T-Bone. Anybody know T-Bone? It's an old school guy, that's my guy. Um, but I was there to see him and I was super excited to see him perform. But I ended up volunteering to help and this guy named Dave Johnson, he's like, hey, like I want you to help with this guy named Jerome. He's got a green room help before the concert, enjoy the concert, and then afterwards, you know, just make sure if he needs anything while people are, you know, buying shirts, you know, if he needs water, whatever, get it for him. So I'm like, cool, I got it. So fast forward, the concert's over, I'm sitting there watching him, and just something was like, yo, you gotta talk to this guy. So I ended up just going up to him after everybody had left, I'm like, hey, I'm Torian, like, me and my buddy rap, like, I love what you did, I just wanna be a part of something. Can we hang out? And he's like, sure. It gives me his email. Now this is like the AOL days, like you know, ee, 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 ah, like the that connection, you know, the the noisy connection. You can't talk on the phone and be on the internet at the same time. That kind of connection. So, uh, I, me and my friend were emailing him every day for three months. Like, yo, I can't wait to like hang out. I just want to get to know you. Whatever you're doing, I just want to be a part. He eventually emails back and he's like, yo, like love your hearts. Let's meet. So we end up meeting, and then from there starts a 13-year friendship. This guy's like my big brother, and I told him uh, a few years ago, I'm like, yo, like when I lost my brother, I feel like God replaced my brother with you. And that was such a deep thing for me, you know, just having that relationship with somebody that I could look up to and was always there no matter what I did, through my highest of highs and lowest of lows. And it's crazy because I'm, you know, I shared this story last service, obviously. Somebody comes up to me and is like, I just found out something about my son's father dealing drugs, ends up getting in a scenario, and essentially like don't know what's happening, but her son is 11. And I'm like, God, like you're using my story still? Like to this day, and every time I share this story, something like that happens where either somebody's going through it or it rocks somebody's life. And so I'm just thankful that God has chosen me for such a time as this, and he's chosen us as a church for such a time as this, where we can actually go out and use what has happened in our lives as a real testimony, like, like the verse says, um, that we can help overcome for ourselves, but also for other people to be able to overcome. So just remember that. Uh, but thank you for letting me share my story. My name is Torian. Love you guys. Hi, my name
Christopher. Um, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, at a very young age, I was a musical prodigy and uh, in turn was placed in charge of our church's youth choir. And uh, one time in the middle of the 1970s, yes, I'm that old, um, the, I decided that we were going to do Bridge Over Troubled Water for our performance. Didn't tell anybody about it, but we rehearsed it and developed a real pretty rendition, very Christ-based. Um, and no sooner had we got a bar or two into the song, the pastor cut it off. He's like, that's the devil's music. We don't do the devil's music in the house of the Lord. And I left church, and eventually I left God. I uh, pursued making lots of money in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, eventually the sex, drugs, and rock and roll got me into rehab, and they started talking about God. I'm like, I don't know, I'm too dirty for God. I've done so many bad things. I discovered a worship group, uh, the Religious Society of Friends. And um, it was safe. They didn't do music. They just sat and they, you know, if Holy Spirit led, they'd stand up. And, and so I was starting to get more acquainted with this God concept, but I didn't have to totally define it. Um, and one, the Quakers sit and then they stand and speak and then they sit back down. And I was, was really trying to find God. Um, one of the Quaker women stood up and she read John 3:17 for God. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And I, I, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, I've been here all along. I've been here all along. And that was the start of my getting to know Jesus better. Um, I had vowed I was never going to do music in church. We can see how that lasted. Um, but um, I, I was in Quaker worship, and uh, the Holy Spirit whispered again, you got to go. I didn't want to because that was comfortable. It was familiar. So I started going to different churches. And uh, this was in September of 2015. And three independent people said, I really think you should check out City Life. Three. Okay. So I get here and we were at Pat and Gill and the music was boom, 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 outside. And I, I turned to Carlos. I said, is it that noisy inside? He's like, yep, yep. So, um, but as soon as I sat down, I knew I was supposed to be part of this. And um, so as a contemplative Quaker, I had to season it. And I was asking the Holy Spirit, we're, we're probably into November by now. And um, totally was willing to go all in, but I, I, I asked the Holy Spirit to let me know for sure so I could do this. And I come in to church and the backdrop was three houses uh, with porches on it that says, uh, 2016 building community the first house was a house i'd owned and lived in for well over 12 14 years so i knew i, I knew i was supposed to be here um the holy spirit was still working in me though and it was like you need to do music again and rob and tina and i talked about it and i wasn't ready i wasn't ready and then one day i was and uh walked backstage and he said you want to play the piano and it was this this quiet baby grand, beautiful, played How Great Thou Art, Torian sang with me. Um, and I knew I was supposed to be a part of City Life Worship and Praise. There was just a sureness about it. The other part of the story is my mother had prayed for 40 some years that her son would find a church where he could make music for the Lord. And so one time my mom said, I'm coming to hear you. And I'm like, oh, oh. And my sister said, as soon as she walked in and saw me sitting at the piano, she just started crying. And she was just like, 
this is beautiful, this is beautiful. And she called her friend in Canada and told her, and, and she goes, I never thought I'd live to see the day. I said, Mom, if that's the last thing on your bucket list, you need to get more buckets. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a story of redemption. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit was with me all along. I just didn't know it. But once I became willing, um, yeah, uh, he set me free, set me free indeed. I like to say today that not only do I know God is in my heart, but I know that I'm in the heart of God, so. Hello, my name is Lacey McLean. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with tender mercies and with love. He fills my life with good things. And my youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm so thankful to God to be here today because I shouldn't even be here right now. The doctors told my parents that they would never have children. And after 10 years, God gave me life. And then three years later, my brother was given life too. So I got a brother. In college, um, one day I had this excruciating pain in my stomach. And my husband urged me to go to the hospital and I was just gonna, you know, not paying any attention to it. Come to find out I was bleeding internally and God had delivered me and healed me from that. When I look back over my life, I see how I struggled with being a perfectionist. I had to be perfect. Everything I did had to be perfect. This and that had to be perfect. And it just, it all wasn't good enough. All the pressure, all the stress, all that brought me to a place of fear and of people pleasing. And that can get very exhausting very quickly. Come to find out that I would never, in and out of my own strength and out of my own ability, I could never make myself perfect enough, because that's for Jesus. Jesus is the perfect one. Through him and with him, I have already and continue to overcome these battles in my life. I know now that I can put my trust in him and that he knows way better than me. His ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. God gave his all and his very best for me. And now Jesus lives in me. I'm set free from a life of fear, a life of people-pleasing, a life of trying to strive and make myself good enough, perfect enough. And when it tries to creep back in, I know I've overcome because Jesus did that for me. And I know Jesus is with me. Jesus set me free. start out with a short reading one night man one night a man had a dream he dreamt that he was walking along the beach with the Lord across the sky flashed scenes from his life for each scene he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand one belonged to him and the other the Lord when the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand and he noticed that many times along the path of his life, 
there was only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. He said, Lord, you, you said that once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. But I have noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there has only been one set of footprints. I don't understand why when I needed you the most, you would leave me. Y'all, that was me. Like, I grew up in the church, had a, you know, great childhood, great family, you know. Um, I, uh, I was raised Catholic, so I knew exactly what to say and exactly what to do and exactly what to, you know, to kneel here and to stand here and peace be unto you and also with you. And uh, I knew all the hymns and I knew all of the, the holidays and we should do this and do that. And it was, but there was this big, Grand Canyon in between me and my relationship with God and so this story means a lot to me because I felt alone though I knew of him I did not know him and so God had to God had to show me because uh, I, I believe that throughout my life I was the one that made all these things happen okay I'm an only child I rocked this thing out I, I did this, I held my job, I paid my bills, I got my apartment, I got my car. You know, Jenny always made a way. Jenny saw a vision of what she wanted and she made it happen. And I didn't realize that God was with me the whole time. So the end of the story is, the Lord replied, my son, my precious child, I love you. And I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. So, to be honest, this free free series is really important to me because I don't feel like I was set free until recently. You know, again, my relationship with God was developing. My mid-20s, late-20s is when I really understood the gospel. I'd heard about it, but again, I was, I was in a church that really didn't help me make it tangible for me. Um, so, you know, coming to a church like City Life helped me really make my connection with God and, and strengthen that connection. So fast forward to two years ago, you guys know the little baby that sits on my back? That's my claim to fame. You're the girl. Yeah, the girl with the baby on her back. Yeah, you go to City Life. Um, yeah, so she was a preemie. That wasn't in the plan, right? We had two other kids that were full term. So I had my whole, like, uh, uh, time off my three months planned out whoops didn't happen um, and then um, so she came out of preemie heart problems breathing problems you know everything God I don't know what to do with this baby like luckily I had a relationship and I can put it in his hands so who have it Lord okay so we're living in a, uh, a duplex and our landlord decides they don't want to be landlords anymore so without telling us they sell the property our new landlord comes knocking and we had been talking about buying a home. We had not started that process truly. So when the landlord came knocking, he said, hey, I need to owner occupy this property. So guess what? You got 30 days. So we had a brand new baby, a, a preemie. We had, we were about to lose our home and we had no answers. For the first time in my life, y'all, I had no answers. 
it's a very, very uncomfortable place to be, especially if you're me and you've always had the answer. But it, this time, luckily, I knew that it wasn't for me to have the answer. It was for God to have the answer. So, uh, so 30 days, we put a bid on the house. I mean, we're out there power shopping. We got this baby who has high jaundice, Billy Rubin blanket, all of that. Um, we're just, we're just prayerful. And uh, we get a house, right? Woo. We're about to close seven days before it's time to close. Owner pulls out. So we are 30 days and one week past our eviction time. Uh, landlord is not forgiving. He tells us he's going to start the eviction process. We always paid our rent on time. House was immaculate. Kept the property up. Again, God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know you're going to find a way. I, if, if nothing, I know that you're going to find a way. So um, at that time, the market was crazy and houses were flying off the shelf. Uh, we saw our property the day it went up. We put a bid on it and thankfully, you know, through God, he made a way and we were able to get a home to move into. Um, and it's, it, it meets our family's needs. It's in a great location. We love our neighbors and we could not have imagined how this story would have ended, but God knew. And I think that that was when I truly became free, to be honest with you. I truly became free because I had to lay it all down at his feet. I had to give it all to him and say, Lord, I know I have faith and trust that you are going to work this situation out. And y'all, he did. And so I'm asking you that if you have a problem today, that you, uh, faith is believing in, com in things when common sense tells you not to, right? I ask you to lay it at his feet. Whatever it is that you can't figure out, it's not for you to figure out. It was not for me to figure out. Give it to him. Footprints in the sand. Romans 8. 1 and 2 says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death I don't have an elaborate testimony I didn't come from a drug home I didn't sell drugs There wasn't this huge rags to riches story. And some of you may be thinking to yourself, well, you know, when I think of my testimony, I really don't, I really don't have a big story to tell. And I would say, not so, but you do. Because the fact of the matter is, even though I came from a good home, even though I had uh, great parents, both parents in the home, and you know they had both had jobs and they both provided for us and gave us options in life i still did not know god and a man that does not know god a woman that does not know god is subject to do anything and while you can have everything put together if you don't know christ and if you don't have christ in your life the law of sin and death is active in your life. And that was me. 
and I grew up thinking that I was in control of my own destiny and the fact of the matter is at 16 the gospel was preached and I was confronted with the fact that I do need a savior and it was that truth that rocked me and I gave my life to Christ and there were still hardships and still things going on still tussles and wrestles and I went uh, before my wife and I were married I was married previously and I was in a relationship with someone who long story short really didn't care for me the way that I cared for her uh, how many of you know that sometimes you can be in a relationship with someone and be unequally yoked and so what happened was I was taking care of her taking care of her son and I had a, a great relationship with him and I, I really I didn't share this part in the first service I don't know why I'm going here but for someone um, I was taking care of her and taking care of her son and we went through the divorce process and during that process um, he and I lost contact and so here I am I raised him from nine months old to 11 years old and he was gone And I share that just to say that no matter what your story is, no matter where you are, God can redeem even the lowest of people. And even those who think that you don't have a story to tell, your story is still important because God still redeemed you from the law of sin and death. And that freedom in Christ has truly made you free indeed. Not only did I lose one, but God was able to bless me. I have a wonderful wife who loves me I have two beautiful sons and then the icing on the cake is our daughter and so no matter where you are in life no matter what you're going through your story is important someone needs to hear what it is that you've gone through and that makes us free indeed For listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.